He was a kind fellow. A little quirky, sweet, innocent. Kind of the type of person you may expect to find as the head zookeeper in the Virginia Zoo. I believe his name was John, if I'm remembering correctly. It was this past Sukkis that my family and I, we took a trip down to the Virginia Zoo. Actually found it brought in a safer in one place that there's a minog to do this, to go to see Hashem's animals on Chol Hamoed. Seems more of a Hasidish minog, but still, my daughter wanted to see the giraffes, so we were off to the zoo. And there we met John, who was outside the monkey exhibit, And I asked a certain question, kind of to make small talk. Clearly, he takes his job very seriously. And then John began to explain the ins and outs, the iun, sugya, the lumdus of the difference between chimpanzees and monkeys, and how they may look similar, but they are anything but similar from their diets to their habitats, to their tenuos, their different instincts, totally different creatures. Clearly, this was a well-prepared soliloquy, address, and cheer. So there we were, the Virginia Zoo, listening to all the differences between a monkey and a chimpanzee. And while it was riveting, we were sitting, waiting on every word, we were there for the giraffes. But we didn't want to make Mr. John feel bad. So we sat there listening intently. Eventually, the conversation actually came to an interesting point about how it is that he got into the profession of zookeeping. It's actually quite interesting. Zookeeping is a remarkably dangerous job. Through all the hard, long hours, the heavy labor, the schlepping. You have to make sure that every animal eats at the right time. Most zoos actually won't even hire you until you're well-educated in the animal science field and you have a degree in zoology. Perhaps you have already completed your shimush, a full apprenticeship by some other zookeeper. In Europe, you need a license before you become a zookeeper. And if you should hit the Harvard of all zookeeping schools by going to the University of Birmingham in the United Kingdom or UCF in Central Florida, you may just land the top zookeeping job. Zookeeping. Zoology. Very interesting. However, I don't know if you would be able to picture maybe one of the greatest gedolim and so whatever Godel you may be thinking of, let's say you're of Shmuel Kamenetsky as a zookeeper. Just doesn't seem to process in our minds. But yet when we come to Parshas Noach, the Godel Hadar is tasked with entering the ark, bringing all the animals to the ark, seeing to it that the right amount are brought into the ark. They each have their own spot in this teva. And Noach, along with his family, They are to be zookeepers for a year. Seems a bit odd. It's hard to picture. And what's even more eye-opening is that at the very 
end of the year-long stay in this Teva, the Pasuk tells us in Parshas Noach, Vayimachas kol hayakum, everything had been deleted on the world, Asher al adama, Everything is gone from this torrent and this flash flood. And only Noach was now left in the Teva before he was to disembark. The end of everything. There's only one family remaining. But Noach is still in the ark for some reason. Everyone else has disembarked. And says Rashi, because either a push-up shot is just, he was the last one to leave, maybe like a dad escorting his family out, and he goes last to make sure everyone is off the boat. But he brings a medrash that tells us that he was inside coughing and retching blood out of his lungs because because of how hard he had worked for an entire year as a zookeeper. The Ramban actually goes into detail about his schedule. And earlier in Parak Vav, every animal had to eat at a certain time. Can you just imagine what this looked like? It's troughs filled. I don't know if trough is actually for food or for its excrement, but all of its excrement taken out and brought to the bottom floor, the floor for the garbage in this ark. They were zookeepers for a year. And the last shot that Rashi says, why Noah was still inside of the ark while everyone else had already left. That he was a bit late, tardy, in bringing his food to the lion. And the lion bit him. He got his payment in this world. As the Pazik in Proverbs tells us that Sadiqim take their punishment in this world. So he was bandaging himself up, some first aid on his lion bite because of his failing to complete his responsibilities as a zookeeper. But the whole thing is just very hard to process. We must take the story not as a elementary Noah, the animals on an ark, but at a very real level. Noah, the Rab Shmuel Kamenetsky of the generation, the man who was the only individual left standing while everyone else had been swept up in chamas, in deceit, in gzela, in stealing. The whole world was now condemned to be destroyed, gone, finished, except for Noah. And what is the salvation plan? Why won't Hashem just put him in a force field? Why won't it just be that everyone's gone, poof, except for Noah? And why is it that Noah must spend a year, that the plan is to be a zookeeper for a year? It's very hard for us to understand. Chodra. There were so many ways that this Hatzalah could have been brought about without making the Shmuel Kamenetsky of the generation into a zookeeper. And let's make things worse again before we make them better. We find earlier, and not earlier, but in Sefer Ba Midbar, that in the arranging of the base Hamikdash and all of its different procedures and schlepping all of the different animals and the oil to do the menaira and all the different carbonos, the dirty work, so to speak, we found that the greatest individuals did the dirty work. Elazar, Kayin Gadol, 
Pelazar, the son of Aaron, he was schlepping these massive oil jugs. Literally, the Ramban actually measures for us how big these things were, like 183 lug. It seems nearly impossible that a human being could have schlepped these oil jugs. How could he do it? Hashem actually says the Ramban gave this certain amount of extraordinary strength. It was some sort of magical power. The only way it could have possibly been done was this superhuman strength. But the dirty work was carried out by the great ones. We find that the holier that you were in the the marching and the parade, the processions, when Klayasar marched in the Midbar, the closer you were to the Aron and the more you lifted it, the more you were tasked with doing the dirty jobs. They awaited only the highest class Jew. And it's very hard to understand. Seems backwards. Maybe a pagam in the great one's covet. Just imagine you would see with Shmuel Kamenetsky walking out of your neighborhood grocery store with bags in one hand and schlepping a case of water on his shoulder. Would you not run over to take it from him? But why is it that Nayach Ish Tzadik Tomim Haya Bedoy Raisov was to spend a year as the zookeeper? The following is Said. I saw it last year. Didn't really understand it. I asked a lot of questions about it. First tried to translate it. This year we came back to it. It's eye-opening, it's novel, it's different. But it really does give a new perspective on some of the daily dirty jobs that we go through. It definitely gives a different definition of greatness. The aside's like this. The Pasuk says in Kohelas Perak, hey Pasuches, the Yisrain Eretz Bechol he Melech Lasoda Naavod. Melech Lasoda Naavod. Those are the key words that even a king, he serves the ground. A king is indebted to the soil. The idea is that no matter how great you may become, you become a king, the only place that you'll find sustenance, food is from the soil, from the ground. That the highest of the high, it serves the lowest of the low. Dirt rules a king, so to speak. We know that there are four different forms of creation. May we say life forms. There's something called the inanimate object, which isn't alive. That's called a domain, a rock, dirt. Step up, tzomeach. That would be something that's alive but can't really move, like a blade of grass grows. Tzomeach. Chai is an animal that moves. It's got some instinct, some DNA. It's a bit more alive than a blade of grass. And then the top level, the crown jewel of the world, is a medaber, a speaking human being. And if you're to take the top level medaber, a king, in fact, he actually serves the lowest level, this domain, the dirt. It's Nairalim explaining. It's an unbelievable idea. Life is sustained by the low of the low. This idea was actually a practical idea in Yeshivas Kelm, that great Talmud Torah, headed by Reb Simchazisel Zivbroida. And on Sukkot, they would auction off, they'd sell 
the jobs of the low jobs, the dirty jobs to the Bahram for quite the sum of money. They would auction off who would take out the garbage, who would clean the toilets, who would sweep the base medrash. Because Melech Basod and Na'avod, great ones, they serve the low. And Rabbi Rucham says that when he was new in Yeshiva's Kelm, after the duchening, when they would wash their hands into a basin of water, the altar, the Rosh Yeshiva, would take the water that was now impure and dirty and spill it out outside. That was his job. And when Rabbi Yerucham, who was new, saw the altar of Kelm bending down and taking the water out to spill it and dispose of it outside, he went over to take it from the altar to say, it's beneath your dignity. And the altar looked at him as if to say, you must be new here. A king serves the ground. The dirty work is the only place that you will be able to find your life, life support. We all are clamoring to climb the ladder to greatness. And we kind of imagine that to be where we are sitting high and mighty, maybe with a pen in hand writing our Chedushe Torah. Maybe it means to be in the penthouse office somewhere, whatever it is that you imagine greatness to be, but you definitely don't imagine that in spilling the water outside of the impure Kohanim's used water or taking out the garbage, washing the dishes, for that is godless? Well, yes, because Melech Lasoda Na'avod, a king, serves the soil. Think about David HaMelech's schedule. What would you say that it was his nine to five? I would say he was sitting there with a harp, maybe singing, maybe writing his Tehillim, Maybe as the chief general in an army, they're marching, he's giving a big pep talk or something. But the Gemara and Brachas gives a totally different outline of his schedule. He would wake up when his harp would blow as the first alarm clock, when the wind would blow through the harp, it would wake him up. And he would spend his time after davening, answering halacha questions. When it says that his hands were filled with blood, he was answering family purity questions and making a woman permitted to her husband, sitting there answering halacha shilas that his hands became so cracked and so bloodied from all the shilas, the questions he was answering. And after that, did he hit the base medras? Did he go out to war? Hardly. He started to give business advice for how people could make better investment decisions in the day-to-day routine, average life. Melech, La soda na avod. I want to ask my Rebbe, the great Rebbe Weinrib, who's such a brilliant Talmud Chacham and has such self-control, how it is that he remains humble when people speak about him with such honorifics. And I imagine he's not naive to the fact that he has accomplished a great deal in his life. And he told me, just very quickly and in his style, that Baruch Hashem, he has a beautiful big family. They should all live and be well. That after changing so many diapers every day and having your kids tell you no and really they run the house in a very facetious way, he said it, eventually the whole covet thing and gaiva thing is just not even no gaya, which was very different to me at the time, but it's brilliant. And it comes to mind as melech lasoda avod. There are so many outcomes that are great from this idea, 
But the great ones really do. Do so many dirty jobs. They end up as zookeepers. And once I heard this idea, other examples popped into mind. I now think of how in yeshiva we were actually all tasked with different jobs, janitor jobs. By Nussen Stein, he is the greatest Rosh Yeshiva that I know, and my Rosh Yeshiva, he still sees to it. There are tissues in certain spots of the yeshiva. He checks the milk. He's involved in the dirty jobs. Because where else is one supposed to find their chiyas, says Shlomo HaMelech. Melech lasoda na'avod. Even a king is indebted to the ground. Jeff Gamliel was the bartender at a wedding. When the Gemara Kedusha wants to know how is it possible, well, Melech lasoda na'avod. How is it that Avram Avinu could hang up the phone on his nevuah with Hashem to go and take care of the guests in the upcoming Parsha? As the Gemara concludes that it's greater to take care of guests than it is to talk face-to-face to Hashem, well, Melech Lasode Na'avod, working in the trenches, sustaining yourself as a zookeeper, is how you continue to live and how a king acts. Makes a lot of sense. But the Pasuk says here that Nayak found grace, favor in Hashem's eyes. Because there was some grace that Noah had. Maybe it was his actions, maybe it was his peace. But something proved to be meritorious that saved him and his family. But then the Pasuk gives us an entirely new reason why he was able to exit the Teva. The original schusim sounds like wasn't enough. The Pesach says, Vayizkor, and Hashem remembered Noach's actions. Rashi says, he remembered that Noach had taken care of all the animals for that year. He had Rachmonis. He fed them at the right times. He was even punished when he messed up even one time. Vayizkor, like him, as Noach. Melech, Avod. That seems to be how Noah merited to leave the Teva and to actually continue to live on. Our jobs? To be a five-star waiter. To do shimush. The same way that a aspiring rabbi does shimush under his rabbi. He gets hand on, hands-on apprenticeship. And the top zookeepers must learn from other zookeepers. The Hatzalah here, the only way for the world to live on was that it seems that the Gadol Hadar should be a zookeeper for a year. That the zebra should have its food at its time, the lion its food at its time, and that the garbage and the excrement should be taken out. Because Melech Asada Na'avod. We aspire greatness. But greatness seems to have now a new definition. I hope that I will be more excited when my wife asks me to take out the garbage. It's a chance to get some CPR, some extra life, taking care of jobs that seem in our eyes to be dirty jobs. It even seems that the more responsibilities, the more dirty jobs that a mensch has actually seems to define 
how kingly the person is, if you really think about it. And only Noach survived. And those with him in the Teva. And the only schos that they had to exit the Teva was because he was an expert zookeeper for an entire year. So let us love the dirty jobs. Let us understand that maybe John at the zoo wasn't so silly or out of his mind. Maybe his knowledge of chimpanzees and monkeys is quite valuable. Maybe he was quite alive because Melech Lasoda Na'avod, a king serves in the field. And you take care of the dirty jobs. It's exactly where you will find your ultimate life. So gut it out of the trenches. Love getting your hands all dirty and bloodied and chapped from the jobs that are giving you the ultimate chiyas. Melech Lasoda Na'avod, love the work, love the dirty work. And become the ultimate king and the ultimate zookeeper. Kill them, 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 kill them